Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Once again, you've reached episode number 239, entitled Use Patch Stack to Keep Your WordPress Website Safe. It was published on Thursday, the 22nd of July, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and as always, a little bit of housekeeping just before we begin. We would love it if you like consuming our content that you head over to our website and share all over the place all about it. Probably the easiest way to keep in touch with everything that we do is go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. You'll be able to find that link in the main menu. And over there, you'll be able to join our mailing list, find our Twitter feed, find our YouTube channel and so on and so forth. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please give us a five star rating on whatever platform it is that you're listening to. That always really helps. And another strange thing is that we're trying out a new social channel. It's at wpbuilds.social. So that is a URL, wpbuilds.social. It's a Mastodon install, which is a free piece of open source software, which you can get and download. And it behaves a little bit like Twitter, but I'm just trying it out to see if we can have a community that's not connected to some gigantic juggernaut of a social platform. So wpbuilds.social, come and sign up and wait for your approval. We'd love to have you in there. Another page to mention, well worth looking at each and every week, is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week. And over there, you're going to find coupon codes for lots and lots of WordPress plugins, themes, hosting, and so on. Honestly, if there's something that you need this week, it's worth checking it out. You can search, click the big yellow button, and you can filter down and decide if anything is for you. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. Another one to mention would be wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. You can use that if you're a WordPress product owner and you would like to get your message out in front of a WordPress specific audience, cut through all the noise, save money on Facebook ads and so on, get right to an audience who just listen to WordPress content. You can do that by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise, filling in the form there and we'll be back in touch with you right away. One company that's done that, AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Beaver Builder, Elementor and the WordPress block editor. So you can check it out. Get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okie dokie. Episode number 239 this week. If you're trying to find that on your podcast player or in some way searching for it, it's 239 that you're looking for. I'm talking today with Oliver Sild from the company Patchstack. It occurs to me that you may not have heard of Patchstack, but I'm sure you've heard of WebArcs. And that's because WebArcs used to be the name of the company and they've now rebranded to Patchstack. And that's what this podcast is about to some extent. We talk about why they decided to rebrand, what the 
the reasons were for doing that. How successful is it? Did they alienate their existing customers? Did they bring on board a load of new customers? And so from that angle, it's a very interesting podcast. If you've ever rebranded before, there might be some lessons to learn in here. But we also talk about some of the new features that they've added. For example, their red team and the new plugin database where you can assist helping people find and locate and take action against WordPress plugin vulnerabilities. So episode 239, Oliver Sild, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello there, welcome once again to the WP Builds podcast. You've reached an interview episode and today I am joined all the way from Estonia by Oliver Sild. Hello Oliver. Hello Nathan. Very nice to have you on the show today. Now Oliver you're probably familiar with uh, a company that Oliver has been leading for, well, many years now, I would like to say. But uh, more recently, it's gone through a bit of a, a rebrand, a bit of a change. But let's let's go back. Let's wind the clock back. Tell us you, the original name of your company, and then we'll get into a conversation as to, to why you decided you wanted to move away from that to something new. Yeah, so uh, you probably have heard about uh, WebArcs. So uh, now, since March, we are actually called PatchTech. It's quite a curious thing because I follow the, the, the WordPress news fairly closely. You know, I, I read most of the emails that come through into my inbox and scour the, the headlines and what have you. But this one took me quite by surprise. Was this intentionally stealthy? Was this something that you were only kind of letting know after the fact? Or did I just miss something? Yeah, it actually came to our radar to do that, I think, in the end of the last summer. Um, so we were kind of planning it on the background for quite some time, but we didn't really talk about that that much, you know, in, beforehand. So, uh, yeah, we, we kind of came out with the rebrand together with, you know, some additional kind of uh, some additions to our product base and so forth. So it could have been kind of a big update uh, if you would look, f you know, at that from the side, uh -huh. um, especially because of the database and, you know, the red team, uh, which we can, of course, uh, talk about as well. But uh, it definitely was uh, a big update for us internally, and we have prepared for it, I think, more than six months in, in full stealth mode. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good to know because it means that I didn't miss too much. It wasn't me not yeah. paying attention. It was just you being secretive about it, which I guess in a certain sense fits very well with the nature of what you're doing. There's a lot of clandestine stuff happening. So yeah. let's let's talk about the reasons why you've decided to go from WebArcs because WebArcs has been building up its reputation for many years now. You know, we, we rewind the clock um, a number of years and it was a new product. You were having to convince people that you had authority and you had the credentials to do what it was that you were doing. And reputations like that are hard won and easily lost. So why go through all of this? What were the reasons that WebArcs was no longer the name and the brand that you wanted to work with? Yeah, actually going back in time, I mean, when we started with WebArcs, we kind of um, um, maybe had a little bit of a different product vision. Um, I think what we were trying to build was something that many actually in the WordPress ecosystem often, you know, want to do is to go all, go, go like all in and try to kind of build a platform that covers it all, right? So, you know, it should be like all in one and, you know, solve the problems from all 
you know, possible angles. Um, but over the time when we were like building the company and the product and um, we, we like over and over again, were stumbling into like one big issue that like eventually we realized we are the best at solving it. And which was the, the issue when it comes to uh, plugin vulnerabilities, you know, the security issues within the plugins and themes and uh, third party code in general on your website, which, you know, you didn't code, but you use uh, that someone else made. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this really, you know, got us into a point where we started to focus on that more and more. Uh, we uh, happened to be in news quite a lot about our own internal findings when, um, you know, we are monitoring which kind of uh, plugins our customers are, let's say, using on their websites uh, to let them know if there's any, you know, security vulnerabilities in there. But at the same time, we have like an overview of which are the which are the ones that are getting more popular over time and then we are you know analyzing them in house as well and then when we find something in those we help the, the developers of those plugins to fix them uh, and in some cases uh, these vulnerabilities end up you know being covered by news um, and what happened was we got into news quite a lot uh, for our research as uh, you know we usually were the one who were finding the kind of tricky vulnerabilities or more kind of uh, uh, more difficult ones. Um, and then uh, a lot of companies actually started to reach out to us um, who are you know building plugins in the WordPress ecosystem uh, to help uh, them to find the vulnerabilities within their plugins before, you know, even, it, it, even before it uh, reaches the customer's websites. I mean, Uh, The developers would reach out to us to ask us to kind of do the code review, let's say, Mm -hmm. uh, before they uh, kind of release the latest version to the uh, WordPress plugins uh, repo. Um, And so what happened was that we ended up actually doing a lot of those code audits and kind of uh, most of our day-to-day work was about analyzing plugins, analyzing um, where the vulnerabilities are within plugins, creating virtual patches for the plugins to keep our customers safe and so forth. And uh, and slowly we started to kind of focus, you know, put our focus so deeply into this one single issue that we discovered that, hey, you know, this is actually a problem that on the WordPress ecosystem, it's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, you could have tens or I don't know twenty hardening settings on your WordPress site. You could have you know really good malware cleanup product uh, as well. But if you end up having a plugin installed on your WordPress site which allows an attacker to just you know bypass anything, uh, log in as administrator and do whatever he wants with the website, um, you know it's not that. Uh, much of a use of a lot of those hardening things. And when we look at statistics, uh, we are actually about to release a white paper about this, uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Uh, In 2020, for example, if we analyze all the security vulnerabilities in WordPress ecosystem, 95% are all from plugins and themes. Hmm. So, I mean, it was obvious that we need to turn to this issue and actually, you know, focus on solving that. Uh, and and because of that, we also were you know running another uh, project on the sidelines, which was called Plug Bounty, uh, and this was basically a bug bounty platform, which essentially is 
uh, like a platform where you know security experts come together, they find vulnerabilities within you know um, a bunch of software, they report it, and then if they find something, they get paid for it. So we actually created the very first platform like this for WordPress plugins. So right now it's called uh, Patchtech Red Team, uh, where basically the uh, the uh, researchers find issues. Uh, we help developers to fix those issues then and we then you know reward the researchers for finding those things so this was also something you know we already ran on the background and then yeah then there's this third third thing that we actually acquired another uh, security company in the wordpress ecosystem called threadpress um, so uh, they were running a wordpress vulnerability database since 2014 or 2015 um, and we connected that with our platform, um, and then you know we had basically you know the three different names, uh, WebArcs, Plug Bounty, and uh, ThreadPress, and mm -hmm. we decided that okay we need to just make it more easy. And since they all kind of focused on solving the same problem, which was plugin vulnerabilities, um, we decided to go with PatchTech. Yeah, it kind of nicely sums up what you're doing. You're hopefully patching the stack that people have got with their WordPress website. Yeah. Was there was there anything around the the sort of I don't know, the the, the way that perhaps webarcs itself just taking that singular word webarcs which was w e b a r x. It's kind yeah. of a it's kind of a quirky spelling. I just wonder if you potentially lost some traffic because people typed in a I don't know, perhaps a, a more traditional spelling of arcs or something like that you know was was there problems around confusion people not being able to find you on google or finding the wrong thing yeah definitely i mean there was a lot of issues like that because people ended up you know saying web arx web arc web arcs uh there was like uh, a lot of different combinations of how you can spell it yeah there was also even more combinations on how you could write it and um even though this is like the most trivial of them all, but, uh, uh, well, I live in Estonia, right? And in Estonia, uh, when my friends ask, like, where do you work at? Or, or some, you know, people ask me, like, what, what I'm working on and so forth. If I say WebArcs, uh, it actually, in direct translation, sounds uh, water park in Estonia. So it's, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's ha I've had, like, funny funny situations <laughs> where I'm saying like I'm, I'm, I'm working on security and so forth and then it's like oh really cool like where do you work and they say well I work in water park and they're like wait what <laughs> you're the so, guy at the door yeah. we're not yeah. letting people in oh that's that's <laughs> absolutely hysterical I have to say for my part I think the first time I ever heard of WebArcs was actually when you were in the room with me at WordCamp Europe so I was yeah I was it was easy for me to get it right, but I, I confess that if I was coming to this and I saw your name, I would assume it was Web ARX or something like that. I definitely would never have got it as WebArcs. And, you know, in, in a world where these things matter, in a world where typing things into incor incorrectly into Google can hit your bottom line, it, it really doesn't make sense to sort of keep that going. That being said, it's quite a big deal to to throw all of that under the bus to consign it to the bin of history 
and decide to to go and rebrand everything. So you made the decision sort of six months ago that you were going to go for Patchstack, which I think is a really great name, by the way. I'm sure that'll go a long way you. with you. What what did you have to actually do um, in order to to switch over from one brand to another? You know, I'm sure there's all the usual stuff that we can talk about, which I'd like to talk about, like, you know, hire a designer and get people's opinion on the name and all of that. But I'm also... I'm pretty sure there's things that were unexpected along the journey as well. Yeah, I mean, once you do the rebrand, like one of the things is that what you prepare in terms of like the kind of soft things is like, you know, the brand voice, like what is going to be the vision, you know, the vision of the company comes from each and every employee in the company and so forth. So we did a lot of like these workshops. Uh, where we actually got the professional involved to kind of help us, uh, you know, kind of do the interviews with the customer, different customer profiles. Um, I mean, it was a lot of work in terms of uh, of the soft values, and even to get to the point where we started to think about the name or to think about how the branding should look like or stuff like that. Mm. Um, it was way deeper, actually, to kind of re rethink about what the company actually is. So... Um, when we got to the point where we actually started to think about the name, I think we had like, I would say like hundred plus names we needed to, like, we had a lot of names we needed to pick from. We had like different types of logo ideas. Um, I mean, it was really, really difficult actually to come up with something that, um, would work for all the, like, there is the thing that if you already have you know, uh, people in the team as well, like they have some sort of understanding what the company is mm-hmm. and the name has to, you know, fit that as well. But, and also the, it has to fit something that also the customers would get, but it also needs to fit what you see as the future of, for the company. Right. Mm. So it's like really, really fine tuning and balancing between, you know, what, what would still kind of preserve the good things and what would give you room for the for what uh, old name didn't have room for. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the patch tech name, actually, I, I, I came to that name by myself for, I think, randomly, pretty much. And I was like, really, su- just, you know, putting things together and was like, okay, what is that we, you know, what what are we actually doing, right? So well, we, we are patching your stack. So eventually it just came to, there was like a lot of different combinations of the word stack. Uh, there was combinations of the word patch. There was a lot of, uh, you know, we also played with the word dependencies, um, but this was also, you know, about to go really difficult and so forth. So eventually we realized that there was like patchstack.com was available as well which was already like a big deal because, you know, yes. try to find any yes. .com domains nowadays. Oh. Um, so, yeah, eventually it just all kind of makes made sense. And like the beginning was really hard, but once we got the name in place, it started to kind of roll in the right, direc- in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if you've got any trace of the old website around, but... You know, it I is actually you, live. Yeah. Oh, still. okay. You can still. I'm not actually looking at it at the moment, but I have very strong recollection of, of how it all looked. And and I am no graphic designer. You know, I, I just I like what I like, and and I can't really explain why I like it. There's just something about a particular style that that 
switches me to on mode and there's other things which I just just don't like that I really do like what you've done I think the all all the sort of the typography that you've got the color palettes that you've used it's it just seemed well you've gone for green as opposed to red you know and I see I see yeah. stop when I see red and I see go when I see green it's much softer it feels it just feels a little bit more welcoming and I don't know if that was the intention but you've definitely I don't know the the old symbolism was all about the fortress and the the logo looked almost like the the barricades of a castle or something like that whereas now you've got this kind of little logo made up of uh, rectangles green rectangles with bits missing and so on and it's yeah it's a really nice job just from the outside I'd say well done it looks fabulous yeah we're really happy about the rebrand to be honest I mean it's uh not not just because uh, you know all the good feedback we are getting for the rebrand itself, but also how it's been working in terms of the company growth and about the new kind of opportunities we've gotten into, just because uh, just because of the rebrand. But you know the the rebrand didn't only come with the rebrand; it actually came with uh, revealing a lot of the stuff that we've been working on the background. Mm. Uh, you know, like the uh, uh, like for example, the product completely looks different now. I mean, yes. uh, we yeah. we did like complete overhaul for the uh, for the product itself. Uh, we also made public the database that we were keeping. Um, you know, for for the product itself to be able to notify our customers about the vulnerabilities but we also connected it with the with acquisition we did earlier in this year um, and we actually made it free and public for everyone so if you go to patchdatcom database you actually see all the latest wordpress vulnerabilities and a lot of them i mean a lot of them are actually uh, reported to us ex- exclusively um, by the red uh, patchdac red team which is uh, the plug bounty program I was, uh, or the plug bounty program I was mentioning, yeah. which we also run kind of as a side project for over a year actually, mm. uh, and now it's all also it's called Patchtech Red Team, and now it's also part of the same kind of ecosystem, and it's all interlinked together finally. Yeah. And um, and you know sometimes you say like one plus one plus you know one equals three. In our case, it definitely equals like five plus because. The, the value that it actually generates that we put by putting together all these three pieces, it's insane. I mean, we are being right now, we are able to protect our customers first from any plugin vulnerabilities. The, like we put patchtech.com live, uh, I think, in the beginning of March. And if you Google WordPress vulnerability database, for example, we are already ranking first. Which mm. is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. I'm really curious about something that you just said a moment ago. You mentioned that obviously the, the rebranding had happened, and you've you've now had it out the out in the wild for a number of weeks, and people have begun to transition over and understand that they've got to type in patchstack.com instead of webarcs, and so on. But you you just sort of mentioned that the business had well, I can't remember the exact wording, but it, it felt like you were saying that the rebrand itself had gained you traction. In other words, just the process of rebranding had kind of affected the bottom line. Perhaps perhaps you didn't say that it had brought more customers your way, but just the rebranding itself, that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I mean, rebranding gives some sort of um, fresh feeling. I mean, if, if, if you're a startup, let's say, and if you started 
I don't know, three or three or four years ago, you started with a prototype, then you, you know, evolved, then you made your learnings, fixed stuff, you know, deleted stuff, built stuff, you know, it's all part of the startup journey, right? Mm. Uh, but during this process, uh, some people get excited, some people get turned off. Uh, and if you uh, do the rebrand, then basically you are not only, I mean, you still keep all the people who are already turned on about your product. Uh, but for the people who might not like what they saw before, it is actually a new chance for them to look into this. Right. Um, and it kind of works really well in that terms. And this is also one of the reasons why a lot of companies do rebrand. Um, and I think rebrands are very good way to kind of go over. Your, like I think from the product vision side of things and in, in general, I think it's it's like how the rebrand worked for us. It's not only about how our customers see us uh, or it, it isn't also about like just, you know, changing the facade of the company. It actually changed a lot of the mindset within our whole team. It also changed a lot like uh, uh, the way how we approach our product, mm. the, the, the kind of values that we have as a company. Um, it, it allowed us to kind of really, really grind down to the specifics of what we really, really want to do. And it, it allowed us to take the time. I mean, if you do the rebrand, you need to go over everything, right? You need to go over, you know, your brand voice, uh, what like all your mission, missions, vision, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yep. But uh, if you're like really, you know, focus on, you know, working for like, you know, past three years or something, you usually don't take the time to step back into these right. things anymore. So right. rebrand is actually a really good way to kind of, again, you know, kind of take, you know, take a step back, think about like what you really want to solve, be really honest about yourself. Like if you're really doing it in a way that you want to do, and if you're really moving in the direction that you want it to go. Um, and that makes a really big difference. And I think, you know, if, if I'm already talking about the way how the product has, you know, changed uh, from the inside, like how, how we are actually solving the problem, how we connected all the three parts, we made acquisition, you know, we released the, uh, the vulnerability database for free for the whole public. Um, and we are now building this uh, security community behind WordPress ecosystem. And this is happening first time in the history. I mean, all these things just help us to, you know, be, you know, create the brand what we also feel that we are inside, and I think we haven't been able, we couldn't have been able to do that with our, with old old brands. And um, if 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 like the people inside the company are really, you know, very uh, specifically kind of um, how to say on the on the right vibes or like yeah. really vibrating the right thing and understanding what we are working, uh, what are the goals that we are working in towards of. It just happens that uh, the companies outside will somehow feel it. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of partnerships, for example, um, the way how how our new brand actually communicates way better, like what problem we are solving and how we are doing it and how we are completely different from the rest of the companies in the ecosystem in how we are solving this problem. Uh, it has really, really benefited a lot for us. I mean, we have jumped at least like from 
10,000 to 16,000 users in just, you know, um, within like a few months. So yeah, that, that's a really telling statistic, you know, because any growth, you, you are putting it in jeopardy. You know, you mentioned the fact that you, a new brand gives you the opportunity to to attract new users who at some point thought actually that's not for me but but okay okay they've had a look at everything and I'm, I'm gonna once again go back and see what it's like this time but also i'm curious to see how you how you protect the 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 users who were already on board you know how did how did it go with the communication of um of, of all of your current well the existing users the day you switched over i'm just wondering how you went about that because one of the you're in you're in quite a an, an interesting industry in that in and of itself change is probably not welcome you're in an in, you're in an industry where people want to know that the thing that they're getting from you is rock solid immutable it's not going to kind of change it's going to be steadfast and reliable and then you, one day you sort of turn around and say hang on a minute we're just we're really changing the whole lot from top to bottom how did you communicate that and how how well did it go down did you did you reach out to your existing customers and slowly alert them or was it just nope we're going to throw the switch and tell you about it afterwards yeah we're still in a transition period actually like we haven't um, pulled down any of the uh, you know old website or anything like that uh, we just have like messages up there uh, people like uh, uh, if they're if they're logging into the product, they are being redirected. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of communication. I mean, for for our marketing team, it was of course like really scary process, especially for you know the years of SEO that we have built. Yeah. Um, you know now if you transition to another domain, it sounds like you know mission impossible. But at the same time, um, Google is pretty smart in terms of understanding if actually companies are doing rebrands. Um, so if you're using like 301 like redirects and stuff like that for and 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 gradually like uh, uh, bringing over con content for example if uh, like for example we are bringing over a blog post from uh, webarks blog to patch stack blog and then we are just redirecting the old one to the new one google actually is uh, replacing the domain eventually and it remains some of the ranking um, so it's not that bad actually in terms of that uh, and I mean, yeah, it's it is a communication thing, and I we have really, you know, there's been a lot of emailing, there's been a lot of kind of uh, community building previously already before the before the rebrand. We like told our customers that you know there's a big change coming up. Uh, we kind of try to uh, prepare questions that we are going to get, uh, and then basically have these questions answered uh, beforehand uh, in our community and so forth. So mm -hmm. to be honest, uh, once we did the rebrand, we like, of course, there's some people who say that, yeah, I like the last, you know, the, the previous name better and so forth. But, you know, we got to understand that a lot of people just don't like changes by the fact that they are changes. Yeah. Um, but Overall, what we see is that the uh, the feedback is like uh, way better than we expected. We thought that some people uh, are more kind of against these kind of changes, uh, which kind of means I think we did a good job. But at the same time, I think we did it on the right time. Yeah. Um, In yeah. terms of the um, the tool itself, 
you you mentioned obviously and i want to come back to the the red team and the database and all of that just before we close off but um in terms of the tool itself was there a significant change in the capabilities of what WebArcs could do that PatchStack could do. So as an example, if I was a, a WebArcs user and I log into your SaaS interface and I was familiar with how it all worked, have you have you fiddled with the UI considerably? Have you moved things around? Do people have a bit of a learning curve? Indeed, maybe there's some new features that we haven't talked about that were thrown in at the moment of PatchStack going live. Yeah, so actually we reworked the UI completely. Uh, mm -hmm. We did uh, we did user studies. Uh, we decided to go for something that is uh, easier to kind of use. Uh, we changed the color color schemes completely. Uh, we are still on a dark theme at this point, but yeah. it is way better uh, to kind of um, you know grasp all the details. Uh, we kind of went crazy at one point with all the kind of colors, so it was like really, really colorful on the dashboard and it was <laughs> a bit hard to understand what is the important things that I should uh, kind of put my attention to and what is not. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, the UI is completely changed. It is way easier to understand. More attention goes to the vulnerabilities uh, that are being found on the website and more attention goes to the fact that we are virtually patching them automatically. Um, there are, of course, additions, uh, for example, uh, how the you know alerts can be set up. So you can basically, all the data that you see on PatchTech, uh, everything can basically create that, uh, or everything can be turned into alerts. So you basically can, um, can choose, let's say, firewall logs, uh, or like like uh, vulnerability alerts and or like let's say firewall or uh, firewall logs yeah. and you can create custom kind of uh, triggers uh, based on what you want to be alerted on. So for example, you want to be alerted on if uh, from specific IP someone is you know trying to uh, do something against your website. Uh, you can also create like uh, activity logs based on, uh, that, uh, alerts based on activity logs. Uh, for example, you want to get alerts on when someone is trying to log in who does not have your specific IP, um, or if someone is, you know, activating a plugin uh, while he doesn't have your specific IP. Um, also, there is a kind of module management system that we uh, reworked in a way where if you go to the firewall uh, view where you can see the uh, WordPress virtual patches module, which is managed by us and that gives you the protection against the plugin vulnerabilities automatically. Uh, there, is, there is additional uh, OWASP module, for example, which you can just enable across all your websites. Uh, and, and we expect, like we are planning to add a lot of like different modules there, which you can just kind of browse as a library of security modules there, and then you can enable them on, on your websites. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, uh, the 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 way how we notify you about the vulnerabilities, you can now uh, directly look into the database, uh, like the the information about the vulnerabilities that are being detected on your website are way more kind of detailed. Um, you see exactly which versions are affected, which which plugin, what is the vulnerability about, um, and so forth, mm. and it allows you to you know. Uh, uh, actually get protected against these uh, immediately. So yeah, 
So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of changes like that. I, I I really like the old UI, but I like the new UI. Uh, it looks it looks really great, really nice. You you, you guys have nailed UIs, I would say. Uh, you've got a great team working there behind you. Let's just talk about the 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 red team and finally about the vulnerability database. If you go to patchstack.com forward slash red dash team, now. Um, at the moment, the, the moment I'm looking at the screen, it's an invite-only process, but it may be that in the future that's going to change. I, I didn't even know that Red Team was a thing. I just assumed that this was some kind of wording that you'd made up, you know, a nice, fancy, dark-sounding, covert thing. But it, but it's not the case. It turns out that in the security community, this is a thing. I'm curious to know what's its purpose and are there any barriers to entry? Do you have any sort of process by by which you've got to, I don't know, prove yourself if you want to be part of the Red Team initiative? Yeah, so the Red Team indeed actually comes, uh, it's a term that is being used actively in cybersecurity. Um, so there is basically a red team and blue team. So the blue team usually is on the defense side. You can take uh, blue team as patch tech uh, and our our uh, team who is working on you know providing you your website the protection against the you know vulnerabilities within the plugins and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then the red team is like the the opposite side, the offensive side. Uh, they are the guys who are poking uh, you know trying to find new. Uh, ways to get access uh, which they shouldn't get like you know finding the vulnerabilities and so forth Um, and these guys are actually working on finding the vulnerabilities within the plugins so that's what the hackers really do Um, and uh, the the whole idea of the red team actually uh, came from the fact when we started to do the code reviews uh, for a lot of the plugin like we've been doing uh, like it's called uh, in in cybersecurity it's also called penetration testing so Mm -hmm. we basically audit the the code of of the plugin that you are developing and finding if there's any you know potential vulnerabilities in there uh, so you could fix them before you put it put this live right mm-hmm. um, and we've been doing this uh, for quite some time for a lot of uh, wordpress you know plugin developers some of them have over a half a million installations uh, you know you you actually all know names of plugins and you're probably using a lot of them which you know, in the background, we have actually helped to secure. Mm. Um, fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, uh, this is something that can only be uh, uh, affordable for plugins that actually earn money, because uh, this is, you know, it's uh, it's a service that you know uh, requires a lot of time, uh, especially when uh, when it's done very uh, thoroughly. Um, but at the same time, WordPress ecosystem, as I mentioned before, 95% of the vulnerabilities uh, from 2020 are coming from the plugins and themes and third-party code in WordPress. So uh, I believe that all the plugins in the WordPress ecosystem need some sort of audit like that, even if they don't earn you know, money and if they are completely open source, uh, they still need to have some sort of testing to be done because they all affect the security state of uh, the whole kind of web now. Mm. Um, and uh, the, the idea of the Red Team is really to build a community of security researchers uh, who then find vulnerabilities within you know, the plugins and themes and WordPress in general. Uh, and then if they report them to us, 
we basically have created like this gamified environment where if they find a vulnerability uh, and they report it to us and help us, you know, to develop, help us to reach out to developers and help them fix it. And, you know, ultimately also protect our customers from these vulnerabilities. We basically give these researchers a score based on, you know, how many installations there was uh, for this specific uh, plugin and how severe the vulnerability is and so forth. And in the end of every month, we basically have like a leaderboard uh, and uh, we do like a real money payouts to these researchers. So they actually earn money for, you know, contributing into the WordPress security. Mm. And this is like an initiative, I think. Uh, and we actually invite uh, a lot of WordPress kind of uh, companies, basically companies who are working on the WordPress ecosystem, who, you know, plugin developers, uh, hosting companies to join us. Uh, and to actually, you know, contribute into this community building as well. And re in return, uh, we provide an API access to this database. So if someone is actually finding vulnerability, if they support the Red Team initiative, uh, support even a little bit of money into this kind of pool of money or the reward pool that is being paid out to these researchers who are, you know, spending their time to secure the WordPress ecosystem. Uh, then in return, we give them access to the latest vulnerabilities that are being found through an API access. Uh, and for plugin, uh, plugin developers, we actually uh, give opportunity to, uh, you know, get in front of these researchers mm -hmm. and get these, uh, you know, vulnerabilities being found by uh, researchers instead of hackers who might, you know, abuse the plugin in yeah. a bad way. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's a really uh, yeah. nice double-fronted marketplace where you've got the, the plugin developers on the one side who are clearly in need of some reassurance that either their code is, uh, as far as you're aware at this point, maybe it's um, it's it's okay, it's good to go, or you find a bunch of problems. And then on the flip side, the other side of the marketplace, you've got people who are coming along and giving their time and in exchange for finding things, depending on how it fits on the leaderboard, they can, uh, they can make a bit of extra cash on the side. What a great idea. Yeah, and uh, we are we are releasing, I think, a blog post uh, very soon now about the uh, about I think the mar the March numbers just closed, and uh, yeah, we have uh, a lot of people actually on the red team now, but we are still on a, like kind of invite only way. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's uh, we basically like uh, the the database that we have, uh, patch stack database. So it holds all the information, all the you know, information about the vulnerabilities found in the WordPress ecosystem. Um, and we basically have just taken like the top re top reporters that have reported directly to us previously. And right now they are the ones who are in the red team. Uh, but anyone who is, uh, you know, reporting to our database directly, uh, they are getting a chance to get the invitation to the red team. Got it. Um, and then over time, we are planning to make this also uh, in a way that the current Red Team members can start inviting their own friends. And it's actually a working platform. I mean, it's not just something, um, you know, just something that someone is reporting vulnerabilities to us on an email or something like that, but it's actually a separate platform that is working where you can, where is a catalog of all WordPress plugins. Uh, it has automated reporting process for the researchers. And it's actually uh, a pretty, pretty, pretty cool system. We are excited to kind of show for the public very soon. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. So that's patchdoc.com forward slash red dash team. And then the the final thing, which you've mentioned a couple of times, I think it'd be maybe 
be worth talking a little bit more about it, uh, especially if you're into submitting vulnerabilities. There's an option to do that on this page. Go to patchstack.com forward slash database. It describes itself as a hand curated, verified and enriched WordPress vulnerability information. So essentially you are putting up there in an easy to digest, accessible way information about uh, any vulnerabilities which you've come across in the recent past is there is there any um are there any sort of like hidden benefits from going to this page periodically is this the kind of thing that you're sending out as an email a curated email like once a month so that people could sign up and be notified as opposed to having to come and look at all of this who's this aimed at i mean this is aimed for the general public to be honest i mean um we, we have been keeping this database uh, for some time already for just to be able to, you know, provide our services because we need to be aware of the of all the plugin vulnerabilities. Right. And and over time, we have, you know, found a lot of plugin vulnerabilities ourselves. Uh, and now the red team is submitting to like, I don't know, 20 plugin vulnerabilities uh, per week or something. I mean, the numbers are pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, all this information is being report like uh, published there for the whole public, uh, and uh, you know there is no, no no fees or anything like that. Um, if uh, you want to know if there is like any new vulnerabilities in the WordPress ecosystem and if you are affected by any of them, you can just go there and you can just look up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also sign up to a newsletter, which uh, I think every week we are sending out you a are. newsletter yep. about. Uh, all the new vulnerabilities that uh, are being discovered in the WordPress ecosystem. Yeah, it's, um, it's a nice. Um, yeah. It's sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say it's it's really nicely laid out, and you can see you'll be able to go here and see for yourself. I'm looking, and um, on uh, just last week, you know, there were four things on one day. There were about ten things on a different day. Probably about eight or nine things on the day before that. So it really is, you know, it's going up. There's lots and lots yeah. on there each and every day. And then if you click into, so for example, it lists the name of the the plugin. So that's nice and easy for you to, to you know, hopefully you know the names of most of the plugins that you're utilizing. So you can go and search for those. Then you can click in and you can have a look at uh, the severity rating based upon um, the CVSS3 uh, score. Um, and then it tells you which version is problematic and then a little description about exactly what's gone wrong and what the solution is and whether it can be updated and so on. This is such a nice initiative. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, the thing is that all the vulnerabilities you see on this database, all patch tech customers are already protected from them. Right. So the, the moment when there is a new vulnerability added to the database, at the same exact moment, a virtual patch is being sent to all our customers. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's going up there because you've had a look and mitigated it. It's um, you're not putting stuff up there which you haven't kind of fixed already. That's nice to know. Uh, we if, are, we are putting everything there. Yeah. But at the same time, we are also providing protection from everything. So okay, yeah, that was that was good to clarify that. The if I was to come here and I'm a I don't know an agency owner and I've got 50 WordPress websites under my belt and therefore as a result there's probably a few there might be lots and lots of plugins some of which are kind of on one website and I've forgotten the names of them and all that is there any way of interacting with this I definitely remember you saying API a little while ago but I don't know if it was connected to this or something else is there any way that we can sort of programmatically I don't know if you're connected to any of the services you know like manage WP or main WP any of those kind of things to kind of alert us automatically to a list of plugins that we've already curated ourselves 
Yeah, so uh, we actually um, uh, we actually have a free we have a free API which can be used non-commercially, uh, and that uh, I think uh, we don't have the information up yet about this because okay. we are still I think uh, we're we're trying to put it live as soon as possible. It, but if you can if if you don't find the information on the website, just reach out to me and I give you the information. Uh, we just haven't been able to put it up on the website just yet. Right. Uh, but yeah, there there is an API that you can use uh, programmatically to basically get the you know all the latest vulnerabilities automatically and also all sorts of uh, stuff like that. So uh, so yeah, all that is available and also for the hosting companies. I mean, we yeah. we are actually going to uh, announce pretty big partnerships within the uh, upcoming weeks even, um, and uh, yeah, they all kind of. Uh, benefit from you know uh, kind of getting the API to kind of alert their whole hosting kind of customers about these vulnerabilities and at the same time uh, uh, they actually uh, support the red team uh, because right right we have we, we don't have a like commercial building just for the API what we have is that if you support the red team, you get access to the API. Got it. So yeah, I mean, it's a community. It the database and the red team is more of a community project uh, to kind of really solve the WordPress kind of plugin themes security problem that we've had uh, for quite some time. And I think uh, we are on a brink of actually solving this problem for for real. Nice. The um the the the. The URL again, it's patchstack.com forward slash database. And you can actually, if there's a button on there where you can submit uh, a vulnerability, if you've discovered something, it takes you back to the, the red team page. So there's a nice complete circle here. Um, is there anything that I've missed? Is there a question you wish I had asked that I failed to do? Wow, it's a good question. I don't <laughs> That's actually, probably the yeah. best question. <laughs> yeah. It's okay I to don't say think no. So. I, uh, yeah, I, I think we have covered pretty much everything. Um, if someone has any questions to me, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Um, it's uh, Oliver Sild. Uh, I don't know. You can maybe somewhere post it, post a Twitter link yes, or something. Yes, I, I will and, put it on the show notes. And if it happens that someone who has a hosting company or who has a, like a plugin, who is, you know, developing plugins, let's say, um, there is a way how to support that uh, red team initiative and the database and get this get the value out of it for yourself as well. Then uh, reach out to me and I, I can actually let you uh, give you some more information about this because I think there is uh, there is a way for everyone to contribute to this and get also value out of this uh, for their own company and uh, for you know really contributing to the whole WordPress ecosystem in a sense. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for coming on the the WP Builds podcast today. Uh, one final mention: it's patchstack.com. Go check it out and see if uh, see if there's any value in that for you and your WordPress business. Oliver, thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. It was very nice chatting to Oliver Sild all about the WebArc's rebranding into Patchstack. Perhaps if you've used the product and seen the updates that were created, you could leave some comments. You can do that by going to wpbuilds.com and searching for this episode, which is 239. Or you could go to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook and find the appropriate thread and leave a comment there. We're always very, very happy to receive comments, good or bad. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test.
Do you want to set up your AB split test in record time? The new AB split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. So check it out and get a free demo over at absplittest.com. Okie dokie, I will be back with you next week, but because this was an interview episode, next week I'll be chatting with David Wormsley about something to do with the A to Z of WordPress. Join us then, or come and join us live, 2pm UK time, every Monday, for our This Week in WordPress show. Paul Lacey and some notable guests from the WordPress community will be joining us to chat about the WordPress news. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll be updated about all of that automatically as and when it gets published. And in this case, the Monday show gets published on a Tuesday. But obviously, we have a Thursday podcast too. wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe if you'd like to stay updated. I hope that you enjoyed this week's show. Stay safe. Have a good week. I'm going to fade in some dreadful cheesy music and say bye bye for now. Bye.